Today's episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast is brought to you by the Visual Identity Vault. The Visual Identity Vault is the official merchandise supplier for the greatest people you've never met. You can pick up the basics like t-shirts, hoodies, to headwear, and premium wear. The Visual Identity Vault is a full-service decorated apparel and marketing business located in my hometown of Fairmont, Minnesota. Shipping is included in all pricing, so we make it simple to order, pay, will produce, and ship. TVIV, a proud sponsor of the GPY and M Pod. All right, welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Joining us today, the long awaited podcast debut. <laughs> Of Ton Bon Jovi, Tawny Cave. Ton, welcome. Hi, thanks. So, um, you didn't know how you are going to introduce yourself, so I hope you thought on it all day. So, give your introduction <laughs> to the people. Um, you know, I really didn't think about it that much. I thought about it and then didn't. Um, grew up in New Mexico. Came to Arizona seven years ago. Yep. Been living the dream ever since. What else? How do we know each other? Do you want the truth or? No, just like you're, Ton's my girlfriend for people that don't <laughs> listen. Like, you don't have to get into the world. The uh, how we met story? Yeah. We don't have to share that for the world. <laughs> uh, it's just pretty standard story. Um, welcome. Thank you. I know that people have been waiting for this for a while. And all morning, Ton was telling me how nervous she was. Are you nervous now? No, not really. Yeah, it goes away quick. Yeah. You just realize that we're just talking. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you grew up in the small town of Farmington, New Mexico. I know. Tell everybody, Ton. What do you think when I say that Farmington's not small? I mean, it's not the smallest small town, but it's not a big town. Well, it's 50,000 people. No, it's less than 50,000, probably. If okay, maybe 40,000. If you got a Google machine handy, Google it. It's like 48,000 people. Um, but it the first, you, you always told me how small of a town it was. <laughs> so I thought I was going back to something similar to my hometown of Fairmont. And then we go to Farmington. And the first place we go is Chipotle in the Target parking lot. And that automatically rules out small town. If you have a Target or a Chipotle, I think you can just cross off small town. I will say there was not always a Chipotle. When did Chipotle come to town? Maybe three years ago. Oh, well, three years ago it lost its small town status. <laughs> they'll never get it back. But you do have a lot of things there in Farmington. It's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. And everybody seems to know where Farmington's at, too. Which is weird. I think part of it is just being near number one a ski resort. Yeah. People travel to ski resorts. An oil field. Yeah. Big oil field town. It is big oil field town. Something I didn't really understand until met your dad and John and learning about the oil rigging. Basically, I'm an oil rigger myself now. So that's fun for all of us. Uh, I think it's kind of weird to think about, you know, when you're growing up. Because obviously we're the same age, graduated at the same time, 2010. And when that first time I went home with you and we looked at your senior year yearbook. Oh, yeah. But it was all the same, just different faces it's and different so funny names. To grow up like on literally other sides of the country. Yeah. And to basically look at your own yearbook, even though it's not yours, the same styles and the way that people talk, it's just 
It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. It is. Uh, Yeah, but we're all into the same things. I think that it is weird to think about because you think when you're in, especially rural America, and you're like, boy, it'd be so much cooler to live anywhere else than here. Mm -hmm. And then you meet people who lived anywhere else but here, and they did the same things. (laughs) So it's just interesting. Seven years ago, you moved to the great city of Scottsdale from Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a lobo. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof, woof. Yep. Is that to do it right that time? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, biggest culture shock when you moved from the Kirky to here? It's funny, and I've said this before. It was a culture shock, but I think part of it is like a lack of culture. So coming from yeah. a place that is very... Um, culturally diverse. There's um, a lot of history to come to a place like Scottsdale where there's not a ton of diversity and it's, you know, it's a, it's a very different pace of life and restaurants and things to do. So yeah, it was a little bit of like, Oh my God, kind of how I imagine maybe this is so dumb, like moving to New York city. I know it's not anything like that, but just so overwhelming all the things and places and people and the tall buildings it's not really like that in albuquerque right and i always thought that albuquerque was the big city when i went from farmington to albuquerque i thought oh my gosh i'm in the big city but then you go to phoenix and you're like oh my god like it's not even comparable right yeah it is different i think the biggest thing here you said there is no culture and that's very true there isn't especially in scottsdale the only culture is money yeah. Um I haven't struggled with it because I'm always me. I met well, the first time I met your mom and John, we went to the Louis Vuitton store and your mom's like, mm-hmm. Isn't this so cool? And you I'm like, Yeah, I don't really care. Right? Like that stuff, but for people that, that does impress or they want that, I can see where that's an issue. Probably more in your shoes as a female. So did you have a hard time fitting in or finding your way when you first moved here because you were trying to keep up or no? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily a hard time fitting in more so as like a, you know, I always felt that I knew who I was and I was very secure and I've always had a little bit of like a stronger personality Yeah. coming here. I felt very much a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. You, know, you talk about being a big fish, right? I felt very small fish where before I, I kind of knew my pocket coming here, I wasn't really into the designer bags and the looks of a Scottsdale, typical Scottsdale girl. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a, of an adjustment. Um, you see people that are your age that have things that your parents have and I'm like, Oh my God, what are they doing? Like, I'm obviously not doing the right thing. I went to college and I come here and I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to be carrying this $5,000 bag. I didn't know that was a thing. How did you get $5,000 to buy that bag? So that was, that was a big, that was a big culture shock. Yeah. I think it would be really easy I mean, we talk about it a lot personally, like comparisons living here, like you think that a lot of people are more ahead of you, but the fact of the matter is that a lot of people here just come from a lot of money and aren't doing anything. So shout out being born, you know, uh, congrats. (laughs) Uh, but it is, it is a interesting place. I do love living here. Um, what is your favorite thing about living here? Because we've talked about our, especially our pocket and where we live in North Scottsdale. It's such a nice spot. And I don't know. I feel like 
for me, I've always said it's just like being in Sioux Falls where it's like quiet and you, but every little pocket of this valley has everything you need. We have a Costco, we have a Walmart, we have right our grocery store, our restaurants that we go to. And you don't really have to go more than 15 minutes to get to any of that. No, I think my favorite part, honestly, is the weather. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that New Mexico is not the desert like Arizona. Every time I tell people where I'm from, they're like, oh, so it's hot. I'm like, no, we still get snow. Like, grew up near Colorado border, lots of snow. It's cold. Um, So being here and having the weather and the different things to do. Right. Outside. I just love to be outside. So to have all those different things, whether you like to shop or eat or be active and whatever there's so many things that you can do where it's not like well i guess we'll just go walk the mall like we used to when we were kids yeah you can only go to walmart and subway so many times in a day <laughs> you know that's i was hanging out in fairmont too yeah i think that's true we do have good food there's a lot of things to do there's always something to do you can mm-hmm. do a concert a comedy show a sporting event just about every day of the year, you can find something to go do, totally. which is which is good. Um, before me, what kept you here? Um, I think, you know, growing up, we spent a lot of time here. Brother played baseball. And then when he was playing minor league baseball, um, it was nice to have him. But then when he left, it was very much like a, what do I do? Yeah. Don't have a ton of friends. I just... Spent a lot of time at work, but I, I think I knew that if I left, I would be disappointed anywhere else because there is so many things yeah. here. Um, yeah, I just, you know, my job and the weather and just the thought of going back to Farmington was like never an option. Yeah, I get that. I think about that too. Like when we talk about leaving, I don't, it's just. It's It gets harder and harder the longer you're mm-hmm. here, I think. Like, the first three months I lived here, I probably could have moved home any day and been just fine with it. But then every day you stay longer, you're like, yeah, I really love it. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I've been here for two full years now, but it feels like even longer. I don't know. It feels like yeah. it's been 10, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the weather is beautiful. We just have so many nice things, like our little pocket. I just... I know it sounds funny to talk about, but every time somebody brings up us moving somewhere, I just like, I don't want to, I don't know. I think it's fun to live in a place where people vacation. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think a lot of it is almost feeling like you're on vacation yourself. Yeah. And it's an easy, it is a very easy lifestyle. Oh yeah. I mean, when I first moved and shout out GP, Greg was like, I remember when he got me the job at Ernest, and he was like, hey, you know, there's plenty of time for you to want to go mess around here. Like, the the hardest thing is for you to be able to keep working. Mm-hmm. And it is, because there's days where it's just beautiful, and you, everybody's got a pool, or your friends are going golfing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It is hard to continue to want to go and work every day. <laughs> I mean, it just is the fact. It's not like being back home where it's cold and snowy so what else am I gonna do right well might as well work because I'm not gonna do anything that's been the constant battle for me since being here having working you know working in the hair industry Saturdays are always right a must so seeing your friends 
go to all these different festivals and concerts and whatever and just it's hard because it does make it, it makes it very hard yeah. to want to work. I think it also, especially for us, it it's made us want more. Definitely. For ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Chase, when you move to a place where literally everybody is everything, mm-hmm. we're sitting in a podcast studio right now. I mean, two years ago, I never would have thought that was a thing. Never. Not that that's where we're at and this is my gig, but... Like, we're chasing that. We're pushing those boundaries. But it's like everybody here can be whatever they want to be. Yeah. And I think you see it more and more in your day-to-day. Not that you have to name names, but just, like, talk about some of, like, the high-profile people you get to deal with every day. Because, I I mean, people don't understand until I tell them, like, Martha Stewart on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it's a... Obviously, hopefully people have listened to the dry bar episode and I had Amy on, Ton's boss. And then, but Ton runs the Lincoln, manages the Lincoln Plaza shop, which is in Paradise Valley Mm -hmm. on Scottsdale Road, which is right in the middle. If you're not familiar with our city of like the luxury spot, I mean, that's, they're putting up a Ritz Carlton across the street. So, I mean, just tell people, I guess, about some of those people because I've been fortunate to meet some of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very wealthy and very down to earth. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very wealthy and don't have a clue of how the world works. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I think that's kind of what has brought me back to reality sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these people have all this stuff. And why don't I? And then you see these people that come in and I do their hair, you know, once a week, or once every other week that have more money than they know what to do with. and they never come across that way. Right. You would never know it. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, wives of athletes. Um, Owners of professional sports yeah. teams. Um, you know, wives of CEOs, business women. It's not just wives. A lot of these women are also very successful in their own right. Right. Um, which is really cool to see. But I've also seen, you know, some of these younger girls or women my age that I'm like, yeah, okay. It's a, it's a little bit of a facade, but that's okay. We won't yeah. name names, but yeah, it is interesting to be, I mean, literally touching these people and know that like who they are and what they do. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so closest to a billion dollars I'll ever be. Hope not. <laughs> um, but it is like just some context, like Super Bowl weekend, you did a client, a, I mean, whatever, um, heir to a major soup family and they own a hangar one at Scottsdale national airport and they rented out their hangar to Drake mm-hmm. for a private party. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> granted, obviously a little bit older, but didn't know who Drake was. No, I had her lean back in the shampoo bowl. And I asked her if they were going to the game. And she said, no, we actually rented out the hangar. Uh, so we're going to go spend the weekend in Salt Lake. Um, and I said, oh, who, who did you rent it out to? She said it was a performer. And I said, well, who is it? And she said, oh, I think his name is Drake. I'm sure you probably know who he is. I don't listen to his music. And I literally had to say, um, did you say Drake? And she's like, yeah, I think that's his name. And she's like, I don't think I'd be into his music. And I said, no, I don't think so. But I definitely knew. I knew who he was and the whole shampoo bowl, like the whole shampoo room was like, what the hell? Yeah. It's just nuts. I mean, 
Everybody listening to this probably knows who Drake is. Yeah, I'd say so. And so just to be like, to be that rich and not have a clue, I guess, (laughs) to just live in your own little world and know that you rented out this hangar, hangar one. To uh, one of the best of all time. Yeah, to one of the richest people in the world, too. I mean, and he was upset because he couldn't fly his 747 into Scottsdale National. (laughs) So he had to fly it into Sky Harbor. Um, I'm pretty sure Drake's plane is either like an old Air Force One or something. I think it's an old cargo plane. Yeah, that it's got bedrooms and shit in mm-hmm. it. That's it, anyways, but <laughs> it's just wild. And then from the former owner of the Suns, his wife, and I mean Governor Ducey's wife, like just the people that you can interact. I think the reason I think it's so wild is because here you can rub elbows with people. At any time. And you never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to run into. And then it makes the world not feel so big, I think. And then, you know, especially I think when you're trying to do things like, well, Fiesta Bowl weekend when Jim Harbaugh's wife was Mm -hmm. in the shop, right? And like, you guys didn't know who she was, but obviously I did. And like, there's just, and I ran into J.J. Watt's dad at AJ's right before that. And it's, you know, not that. We're like stalking these people, but you just run into them and then they don't see you realize they're just people. They're just people. And that's, I think, my favorite thing is seeing people that you know who they are and they are just doing their very best to blend in like the rest of us and just go to AJ's to get an iced tea and not be bothered. You know, it's it is kind of neat to see that. Yeah, it is just wild. I mean. The first time we went to Stake 44 with Marcus <laughs> Golden, who uh, he's not on the Cardinals right now, but for the past several years, he's played defensive end for the Arizona Cardinals. And he held the door open for us. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, but it's just, I mean, the the golfers here. And I guess, like, the more you realize that those people are just people, and as I think everybody wishes their situation was the exact opposite, right? Like, you're poor and not famous. You want to be rich and famous, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you're rich and famous, you can kind of tell sometimes, like, those people, they just want to live a normal Mm -hmm. life. Like, J.J. Watt's wife, she comes in, right, all the time. A lot of people know who she is. She's a professional soccer player. Mm -hmm. But that's her time to go to the dry bar and just live a normal life. Yeah, and just that's... I And I mean, I know a lot of people have heard you talk about it, but like if you've never been inside of a dry bar or you haven't done your research on a dry bar, like it is a luxury experience to have someone else shampoo and blow dry your hair. But I will say it's worth every penny for a lot of these women who that's the one 45 minutes they get in their day yeah. to sit and close their eyes and not have anybody talk to them. Right. And I think a lot of those women who you know, do have busy lives or they are business owners or wives of, you know, business owners or whatever it is to feel just like sit and be a normal person for like that 45 minutes. Yeah. It's kind of nice to be the one behind the chair to do that for them. I will say for sure. And it's not like crazy expensive. It's not like we're talking like it's a thousand dollars for people. I mean, it's $55. It's kind of, but I mean, if you came in like once a month, most people could swing $55 to have that as a, you know, whatever. But it's just, uh, I guess the whole thing is, like, as much as we live here in this place, Scottsdale, where everybody's trying to be somebody, then we see all these somebodies, 
and they're trying to be nobodies mm -hmm. and they're just trying to live day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. uh I just saw a video of one of your favorites, Chris D'Elia, because people <laughs> can buy the blue check mark now. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Where he's like, you bought the blue check mark. Now what? <laughs> you know, like every, it's, it's just funny that that's where we're at in the world where that was, that meant you were somebody. Mm -hmm. You had a blue check mark mm -hmm. and now you can pay eight ninety nine a month and get your blue check mark. But he's right. Now what? Like. Do you feel better, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think 10, 15 years now, from now, it'll be really interesting to look back on these moments like this and see where are people then seeking their validation from. Yeah. Is it still going to be social media? Is it still going to be the blue check mark? Oh, um, for sure. It's just kind of funny to think about. I mean, how many people, not to name names, but we know people that literally, like, the shit they post online isn't close to how they live, right? No. And like, it's all a facade. And, I mean, that's, you either build the life you want or you fake it, I guess. I, that's the best way. That's the, I, those are the, the lessons I've learned here. Um, but circling all the way around, it is fun to live in a place where people want a vacation. Um I know a lot of my friends have come out and stayed with us and seen us, and that's been <clears throat> a lot of fun. Um, it is also, I feel bad. I've said it before. Not that I don't want anybody to never come see us, but when we used to do that to Ty all the time, and I never really got it. And then now people come, and it's like the next weekend, you're so ready to do nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot because you want to have fun with those people when they're here. And then you still have to live your regular day-to-day -day life. So it's, yeah, it's it's fun, but it's also, it's it's a draining place to live. I think that's fair to say. I agree. So what's your favorite thing? I don't think, maybe I did ask that, but what's your absolute favorite thing besides the weather of being here? I think I did ask that. You did. Oh. Um... But, I mean, I just think always having something to do. Like yeah. you said, if we want to go to a comedy show, sports game, yeah. out to eat, want to walk around the quarter or Carolind. Right. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, especially, like, when we have people in. Like, when Trish and Kyle were here with their girls and we went to Kierland and they mm -hmm. were like, just thought that was so cool. Or the quarter, you walk around the corner and all the trees are lit up. And it is neat, but it's just us kind of stuff you take for granted, too. And then now we get super excited to go home and live in the Midwest for 12 days to escape all this, which is just kind of funny how the circle of life turns. <laughs> um, so that was one of my questions for you. What's your why? Do you think you fell in love with Okaboji so much? <laughs> um, I mean, you said it in the beginning. I we did grow up pretty similarly. Yeah, you know, as far as kind of the things that we were into as kids, and you know, being out on the lake and in the water, and just that simplicity of life, and just being on a boat and the smell of sunscreen, and you know, that's super nostalgic for me. And so to be there. I'd never been to a lake, maybe outside of Havasu, but I've, I haven't been to Havasu since I've been an adult. So, you know, to 
be at a lake that you can go literally drive up to the bar, get off the boat, go get a drink, hang out, get back on the boat. Like that to me was like that first time we went, I was like, holy shit. Like I could spend every day in the summer here. That was like the coolest thing. I don't know why, but there's just something about it there that just makes me so happy and feels so peaceful. And I mean, it's just simple. Yeah. I think we've talked about it, especially I know Jeff and I have too. It's like, that's a probably a rural America thing, but definitely a Midwest thing is like people back home, they all have like cabins up north or a house on a lake in the middle of nowhere, right? And that's their little like sanctuary spot. Now for us to live in the middle of the desert and to go home and we've been so lucky and I hope that it continues that way, but to not have the humidity when we've gone back, mm-hmm. be crazy. But I wish everybody had a place where they could go and just totally reset life. Like, I feel like we both, I know we have countdowns going. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, we can't wait for the 4th of July week to come back around. And then we're, like, we're home for enough time where it's, like, all right, we're good. We're ready to go back, get back to working hard and all that. But then we kind of get to now where it's, like, my bags are packed mentally. All Mm -hmm. right, I'm ready to get the hell out of here. So I just thought it was funny to see, one, how much you just, you truly love that place. And I feel like if you haven't experienced it, especially if you're listening in the Midwest and it's never a place where you've spent a weekend or gone, you should. I mean, it's just, you're right. It's it's a little Midwest paradise. I don't know what else to say about it. It is. But you love it. I do. Yeah, good. Glad. Glad that was the first place I brought you. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's the favorite thing that we've done? Done where? Like, <laughs> like the favorite thing we've done together, like, like a trip or going to the farmer's market, Um, going to Costco, watching me get pissed off at old people. What is it? You know, I think one of my favorite things in the beginning was watching you play video games. Oh, when Ty and I lived together. Yeah, that was a real kind of door open into you and who you are. And I loved that. Um, No, I think traveling, even though we haven't done a ton of it, I think that's my favorite. It's been fun. I mean, what? I mean, yeah, I guess we've gone to your home and my home and then. We went up northern Arizona and then that was really fun doing the petrified wood forest. That was something I'd wanted to do my entire life. Yeah. And to get to do that with someone that like cared enough, you know, and you want to do it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, it w- I mean, it was cool. It was cool. We didn't take any rocks, though. No, that's bad juju. You're not supposed to take rocks. Yeah. Which is nuts. I don't understand it. But that's, I mean, I like that stuff, and we've kind of... I like to gamble with you. Yeah, you do. That's pretty fun. I I think I might be developing a small addiction, but that's okay. That's that's a pod for another time. I think we're, I think you've said it before, I'm just creating a little monster. (laughs) You love Twitter now. You do like to gamble. Your sports gambling sharp. I mean... It's never been mentioned on this pod. Oh, oh, you haven't, have you? No. 
Yeah. Tell the people. I went three for three on my first sports gambling experience. Yep. UFC was pretty, pretty exhilarating, I would say. It was. So we went to Vegas, kind of no plans, just booked a room for, we took a long weekend in early March, and it happened to be fight week out there. John, return of John Jones. There's also NASCAR and XFL and a couple hockey games. There's a lot going on. But um, we really wanted to watch the fights. So at our, we stayed at the Sahara and at the sports bar there, they like sold seats to watch the fights. So we did that. And I made Ton pick three. Shout out Pete. Pete. It was Pete's idea. He said, make Ton pick something so that she's invested while you're out there. Because we did sit in Circa for a while. And I think that's when Pete said that. But, and I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah, Circa's sweet. Um, yeah, P was out there the next week for actual March Madness, and I can only imagine that place during that. And it was fun. I mean, I could only imagine it for, like, an NFL game. You know? Yeah. So that would be a fun spot sometime. But anyways, so we play some bets. Um, I blindly bet all the underdogs. And I only hit one, but it was good. It covered everything. And we actually met a man from Canada, mm-hmm. pro gambler, who had a $27,000 parlay on the line. It was tough look. I don't uh, know. It was, it was kind of fun to root against him. I felt bad, but he's clearly a pro gambler. And I kind of could have guessed because he had a, both sleeve tattoos, but the left sleeve, which was closest to us, was all like gambling stuff. I didn't notice. It was like the sevens and a roulette wheel and like dollar bills, right? It was all gambling related. But then I bet on I picked the 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 underdogs, but little UFC tidbit in women's fights, especially championship fights, the underdogs are so heavily dogs and they mm-hmm. tend to win a lot. So I knew that was one that I wanted. So it got to that fight. And that guy picked John Jones, who was a favorite, and then whoever the women's favorite was. And I told him that. And I think his bet was nine grand to win 27000 which I can't even imagine placing $9,000. Yeah, the thought of losing $9,000. And just being okay with it, too. Just like, yeah, yeah, you win some, you lose some. I was like, what? Yeah. And then I told him, hey, if you would have put that nine grand just on that girl, you would have won $60,000. But. No big deal. It would have been like 54, but that would have been, it's just nuts to, to wrap your brain around. So anyways, um, had Ton pick some bets. Uh, her first bet was the main event of the prelims. She picked Cody Garbrandt because she knew him, knew who he was. Cody Garbrandt to win. He won. Then she was going to take John Jones and she, and he did. And I will say she picked it, but I helped no, courses. no, 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 yes. no, 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 don't even go there. I picked it. <laughs> I know that you think you helped me, but I picked it. I did help you. Um, I funded this adventure too, <laughs> <laughs> and I let you keep the winning. So I did help you. Um, but she picked John Jones by submission. <clears throat> it wasn't the first round, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, we should have put John Jones by submission in the first round because that would have turned $10 into probably a thousand bucks. Like that would have been nuts odds, but you had fun. I did have a lot of fun. You were a little confused when you were, when I 
When, okay, let's not forget to mention that we had all you can drink. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying. Math and, is hard enough for me <laughs> to do it. I don't know, nine and, rum and Cokes in. And I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> bad, but I just, it's funny because mm. when you're calculating odds as a gambler, it gets to be something that you just know. And I remember a time where I had no idea what, I mean, where you were like, what's the over under? What's the, you know, and then the plus minus, I was like, what is that? Yeah, I still have to think about it when I'm looking at yeah. Adam. Because I, um, I don't, sometimes I'm like, plus, plus is the underdog. Right? Yeah. See, I still don't even really know. Yeah. Plus odds is the underdog. It's not easy. Might need to write a book. You might. Sports gambling for dummies slash women. Okay. Well. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's the clip of the episode. I will say I do appreciate you trying to be interested in everything I'm interested in. That means a lot. Because I'm not interested in everything you're interested in. That's okay. But it's also different. You... Are a big football fan now. I'm getting there. Yeah. Much, much bigger football fan last season than I was the season before. Yeah. I will. You did say you're mad at baseball. Yeah. Because you got other sports you like now. Yeah. I also think that, you know, growing up in a baseball family, that was really the only thing that I ever really got the opportunity to learn. Yeah. Just like that, the UFC and Supercross were like the three sports. Right. And so... Trying to learn football later on was really hard. And I think it's about finding a team that you can invest a little bit of emotion into. Do you find one? I sure did. <laughs> Skull bikes, you know? Skull. Um, so, yeah, I think now that I've got a little bit of like an emotional attachment, all I had to do was watch like one season of Hard Knocks and then all of a sudden I'm a Cardinals fan too. Like, yeah. But I think... For women in general, like you have to have some sort of like emotion behind it to like want to engage and feel like, oh, yeah, I get to sit here and watch this because I like that person or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being a Vikings fan? My favorite thing about being a Vikings fan, um, the emotional roller coaster makes it pretty exciting. It does. Um, it usually ends. In a low, although last season was pretty exciting. It was. But, um, yeah, I'm learning real quick that people don't pick the Vikings because they're cool. Um, I think you said it the other day, like, there's no bandwagoner Vikings fans because no. <laughs> there's nothing really to bandwagon. No. <laughs> they haven't won anything. And I will say it's, I've said it before, but, like, when, and I think it's funny because people have a predetermined idea of what a football fan is. Kind of like how your mom thinks I'm a football fan. I think she thinks that I like cuss and kick our TV. Yeah. And I don't do that. And then I like, I'll yell at the TV. I'll be like, what are we, what are you doing? You know, like I'll get into it. But at the end of the game, it was like, I think the Eagles game this year on Monday night football, Vikings lost, and you're like, I'm sorry. I was like, that's okay. I didn't game plan all week for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And we just go on. Like, and now I think it's fun because we're at the point where we can make fun of people who make pro sports teams like their personalities. 
Like when we go to Boondocks. Yeah. And the mayor. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because there's, it doesn't matter what sport. Oh, no. You know, there's always someone like that. So I think that's, that is something that I think I can get into with the sports yeah. is the people that are there. That's a big reason why I love baseball. The Going, flag lady. Yeah, it's just a flag lady and the lemonade guy and just all of the different kinds of people and the people watching and yeah. every sport has their own sort of nuances. So for sure. What <clears throat> I mean, we've we went to some Cardinals games. Mm-hmm. More fun to go to a baseball game or to a football game, you think? Oh, or a wow. hockey game. What's your those are the three we've gone to together? You know, it's hard. I I will always, if you told me we can go to a baseball game or a football game tonight, what do you want to do? I think I would almost always choose a baseball game. Sure. I That's just what I enjoy, and I like the environment. Yeah. There's something about sitting there and eating a hot dog and then getting up and walking around the stadium, and you come back and only one inning is passed, and, you know, the little stuff in between. Football is a little bit more intense. And I think that's why I've never really gotten super into it. I like that baseball's a little bit more chill. Sure. Hockey. That last game that we went to, the wild game, um, I don't know if I could get into hockey enough to like want to watch it all the time. A thousand percent. If we could go to a live hockey game once a week, I would absolutely go. Yeah. And to be on the glass. Yeah, those were. It, it, it wasn't. Shout out Trisha Kyle for the <laughs> seats. Um, yeah, that was fun. We had we sat second row. I mean, yeah. Also, Mullet Arena is the size of a high school basketball gym. So, and you get to watch professional athletes play mm-hmm. at the top. But yes, the game we went to, it was 4 4, went to overtime. Wild ended up losing 5 4. And there was like, what, five or six fights? Like yeah, every time and we tur- turned around, guys are just bashing face in. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I think I called it the UFC on ice. You and did. I was pretty into it. Yeah. No, that's the. That's easily the most fights I've ever seen in a hockey game. And it was a blast. But I just, yeah, it's, I think I'm a little baseballed out because I've never gone to that many baseball games as I did the first year. Yeah, note to self, I would pay season tickets for football. I will never buy baseball season tickets again. Not unless we're in a spot where we're given like 45, 50% of them away. Because you had the half season, and we went to 41 base. You had 41 tickets. I had tickets to 41 games. Yep. And I bet you and I went to 30 of them. Mm. At least. You took Meg a couple times. I went with Ty a couple times. I I took my dad once. I think there were only 15 games that went unsold or unused. So I'll let you do the math on that. Yeah. So that's 25 right there, 26 right there. So yeah, it, was it was a lot. lot of, of it was games. a lot of baseball. We probably saw all the D-backs wins that year, though. I will say <laughs> they did that win it, a lot. Yeah, I don't think we went to a game that they lost. No. And we got to see a no-no. Yeah, we did on kids' major league debut. So that was cool. We did see some fun stuff, but it's just a lot. And it was like coming out of COVID season, so they still weren't doing mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like, they just had, like, the video of the president's yeah. running. They didn't actually have the president's running. Um, it's not the president's. It's the legends. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the legends. Randy Johnson bobblehead night. 
But, I mean, yeah, it's it was fun. And there were great seats. It just got to be a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where, okay, we drive down there. We pay 20 bucks to park on top of the tickets we already paid for. And then we spend a couple, a hundred bucks at least for Easy. two hot dogs and two beers. Mm-hmm. And there we go, 120 bucks a night, four times a week. Yeah. It's just like, woof. But no, I it was a blast. I enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Did you take notes? Yeah, no, I just wrote down a couple of questions because I wanted to have oh, fun ones. Okay. Um, our house is on fire. What's the first three things you're grabbing? <laughs> um, well, I know mm. to grab the box with the pictures. Good job. That's good. That means That's a lot. Number one. Number two is my Jägermeister jar. Yeah, that's our, yeah, that's our cash. Um, geez, number three. If you don't count, oh, I mean, I don't, I can't carry you out. What if you had to? I had too much smoke inhalation. Oh man! Fill a backpack with items one and two and pull me. Okay. Yeah, we'd have to. We have plenty of backpacks. I'd, I'd be hoping that adrenaline would be kicking in. Yeah, um, would. throw me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's a really good question. I have a little box of keepsakes and stuff too that, you know, are sentimental to me. I think, you know, I have a ring that my grandma gave me that was my great grandma's ring. I definitely make sure that I grab that probably on the way out. That's good. I was glad you, uh. Gotta grab the sentimental things. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I don't, I. I don't give a shit about the shoes or purses or any of that. that. No. That's why you have insurance. insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's all replaced. Things are replaceable, Phyllis. Human lives. <laughs> uh, no, that's good stuff. Um, you want to reach me another beer? Sure. I'll throw you a beer. Just so everyone knows, I am not drinking Bush Light. Ton isn't. I'm having a Dos Equis instead. Ton went anti-Anheuser-Busch after their last... That is not true. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it was. Good job. Um, what's your fate? You listen. Your so Ton makes all of the the social media pictures. I do my for best. The pod appreciate that. Um, you listen to all the pods. Mm-hmm. I'm at a spot where I'm not listening to them anymore. You're not. It just sometimes like I hate hearing myself. Yeah, I get that. I'm gonna have a hard time listening to this. I like to listen to Jeff and I's still. Um. And I listen to his, but I just don't have the car time anymore mm-hmm. to have another one. And if I, I, I already did it once, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you and I are different that way where I don't really listen to music. No, you're always listening to pods. Yeah. Uh, audiobook, podcast. Um, How many pods a week you think you listen to? Off the top of my head, definitely at least six. I think I've got about 12 that I have in my regular rotation i have a podcast i can listen to a different podcast every day of the week but some of those podcasts do two a week right so yeah when are you gonna start your podcast i don't think i have a voice for podcasting that's not bad i know you don't think it because you're just hearing yourself for the first time apparently ever (laughs) right now um but no it's it's been fun to to do this. I'm glad that you could come do this with me. I'm glad that you had me. Yeah. I know um, a lot of people were waiting for it, and I'm hoping of, it was everything it, it, they wanted. I think it, it probably lived up to the hype for sure. 
Do you have any questions for me for the pod? Did you prepare anything for me? I didn't. I didn't. Wow. That's impressive. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, it's all right that you didn't. I just thought you would have all these super questions that you wanted to ask me about the pod or about life. You know, it's hard, though, because I I see you and talk to you every day. So it's not like there's something I could ask you that I don't already have an answer to. Yeah, I think that was probably the biggest thing that I was worried about before we walked in. Was what? That we talk to each other literally every day. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, can we put something together? And here we are 50 minutes in. It's like, oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You just get going and it it goes. Well, it's weird because it's funny because you're always like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's already been 50 minutes and that. But it that, doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. That when you talk to somebody, it doesn't. Uh, no, I just, um, I tell you this all the time, but I, I think that you underestimate who you are. I'm not going to make you cry and I'm not going to cry. Um, but I just, I love the name of the podcast and I think you are the greatest people. A lot of people have ever met. Don't do it. Cause I'll do it. <laughs> We're getting emotional. Um, no, I, you know, I just always knew that the person I wanted to be with was going to be someone who everybody loved and was, you are everyone's best friend. And that is my favorite thing about you is that, I mean, even the people at the pool were like, yeah, I want to be friends with that guy. And I like the fact that you could have your pick of anybody on this planet and you picked me makes me feel pretty good. So that's nice. Of you to I hope say. I made no one cry. That was, that was, that was sweet of you. No, I appreciate you a lot. It's the same. I'm not going to say nothing nice because I will cry because I'm a Sal. But I love you a lot. Love you for it. Love Um, you too. Yeah, that was fun. We'll we'll have to do it again. Maybe we could get get some of the people from the Camden pool. Maybe we could just record a post-Camden pool pod. Oh, that would be a good one. Like how much fun do you think the other night at Darren's would have been as a pod? Oh, Lord. That would have been... That would have been something else. That would have been. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, good stuff. Well, I love you, Ton. Love thank you. you. Too, um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, rate five stars. Be good, everybody.